0: can't go on. Hi folks, I'm Alan Wharton. This is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 17th of February 2012. For newcomers, go into cuttingthroughthematrix.com and make use of the thousand, over a thousand audios there for free download where I try and Bring the big picture together for you, so many parts of the puzzle, show you the big system you're living through, which is called the New World Order, the New Order of Things, the Great Transition, a whole bunch of names for the same thing. And uh, basically, I go through the histories of the groups that came together to form uh, the main organization that runs the world uh, over 100 years ago. And how they eventually changed their names two or three times, and now it's called the the CFR, Council on Foreign Relations Across the Whole Planet, with members inside every government, all presidents, prime ministers. Our members of it have been for for about 100 years. And uh, their main uh, grandparent, basically, is the Royal Institute of International Affairs. A world to be run by experts uh, and money boys, and not by the peasantry, you see. Simple as that. That's basically all it is, and a planned society. Uh, The the good shepherds only need so many sheep, so in a post-industrial society, why have so many floundering all over the place with not much to eat? And so the idea is depopulation, planned society for a utopian future for the elite themselves, with the use of science, of course. To bring in better slaves from the future In the meantime we have to go through the depressions, the wars Finish off the the wars for them for across the world So they have a global system, a global government system They call it governmental system or governance And eventually to to bring in the new clones basically That's that's how it's going to be And we see the start of it all over the place So many different articles across the planet You just put them together for yourselves they don't believe in keeping uh, unemployed peasantry around. Human nature hasn't changed. Human nature hasn't changed. It's just as wicked as it was in the Middle Ages for those who rule. That's the nature. They're psychopathic. Now, for those who um, like uh, this broadcast, you can help me keep going by buying the books and the discs at cutting through And from the US to Canada, you can still use a personal cheque to order. Uh, you can send cash, uh, you can use an international postal money order from the post office, um, and uh, PayPal again as well. You'll find out how to do it at cutting through the webpage. And across the world, Western Union, MoneyGram, and PayPal once again. Remember, straight donations are really, really welcome. And what I do is try, as I say, to, to, to really not just influence people to do something, at least for themselves, because really, all you can be sure of in this life is to try, even then it's kind of hard, but you've got to be sure of yourself and how you do things for yourself, never mind other people or the groups or their opinions that are all given to them. What will you do? And to teach you to to use your own common sense. We shouldn't have to ask people what to do, you understand. We're supposed to come up with decisions for ourselves. But we've been trained to listen to experts, what we think is experts and authority figures to do all the thinking for us and the planning for us, and that's why we end up in such a mess all the time. Each person has got the potential to be their own person and think for themselves, and that's what I hope to, to promote. So we're going through the big changes, as I say, and um, it's going to be awfully, awfully hard now, very tough, because it's a world decision to bring us into austerity. Austerity pretty well means simplicity or poverty, for those who don't understand it because the first world countries have had uh, their bit of time allocated to them, according to the the elites who have so many think tanks publishing this stuff, and that you can't even keep up with them. There's thousands of think tanks out there and foundations all funding this whole new world order into simplicity. And the the third world countries now are getting our money given to them as we go into austerity and pretty well near bankruptcy uh, through the old... The old idea of redistribution of wealth from Karl Marx. Because the bankers traded Karl Marx, you see. Uh, They're on both sides. Back with more of this. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watts. We're cutting through the matrix and... As I said before, nothing, nothing's changed, nature hasn't changed, human nature hasn't changed for an awful long time. We do have a thin veneer of what we call civilization, and civilization tends to be our indoctrination, uh, and, uh, and that's about it. Our indoctrination, of course, has to do also with uh, morality, and morality is plastic uh, when we don't have a natural morality left anymore. Uh, And once it's plastic, you can twist it in any direction you want it to go. And that's what the elite, of course, do. That's what the neuroscientists are all about and those who control the media and control the school systems and control all your entertainment. Your entertainment industry is a big part, a very, very big part. In fact, maybe the most important part of altering morality in all kinds and shapes and ways and so on. So everyone's got an agenda and big power and big money always runs behind it. And uh, sometimes we sniff onto something, most people have got an idea that the world is totally corrupt. But it's always been corrupt. Just in the past, they put on better shows at the top in politics, and could hide it better. Now there's so much of it, they can't even hide it. But um, I mentioned an article a, a few weeks ago to do with uh, Lord Mandelson of Britain and uh, and Lord Rothschild. Apparently they had a cover story how they were taken off to Russia this just went over there to get uh, whipped, apparently, in some kind of sauna uh, situation um, by some 25-year-old. That was really his excuse for taking along Mr. Mandelson, who was a trade uh, minister, basically, for Britain. and may even been for the European Union. And he could really sinkhole uh, investments or push investments. And, of course, Rothschild sued the newspapers that tried to come out with the story. However, Lord Rothschild went to court, and he lost. And it says... Um, uh, it, it says here, uh, according to the High Court, Nathaniel Rothschild, the scion of the banking dynasty and friend of seemingly everyone in the spheres of finance, business, and politics, is indeed puppet master to the Baron of Hartlepool and Foy, which is Mr. Mandelson. The banker and Bullington boy, uh, Bullington Club actually is one of these snobby, snobby clubs where uh, these rich little uh, characters. get absolutely sozzled drunk and smash all their furniture and stuff like that, you know. Anyway, he had lost this liable case against the Daily Mail, which he sued for substantial damages over his account of his and Mr. Mandelson's extraordinary trip to Russia. In January 2005, Mr Rothschild claimed he was subjected to sustained and unjustified attacks in the May 2010 article which portrayed him as a puppet master dangling his friend Lord Mandelson in front of the Russian oligarch Oleg Deripaska to ease the passage of uh, colossal business deals. Mrs Rothschild and Mandelson's Russian trip would certainly have made entertaining viewing but maybe not for the Thunderbird fans. Uh, Nobody needed rescuing, that's for certain. So, anyway, it says it began with Mr. Rothschild's private jet from the World Economic Forum in Davos to Moscow, that's where they took it from, where they met Mr. Deripaska, the aluminum plants manager who became the richest oligarch of them all, and continued on Mr. Deripaska's private jet to his chalet in Siberia, where they beat jet lag. They were whipped with birch leaves before plunging themselves into icy waters, a traditional Siberian banya. Uh, Less salacious, but seemingly more sordid, was an earlier dinner at Cantineta and and Tinunori, a a fashionable Tuscan restaurant in Moscow, where Mr. Deripaska, uh, the meal had claimed, was dining with executives from the U.S. aluminum giant Alcor, negotiating a £250 million deal to buy two of Mr. Deripaska's aluminum plants, at which a stumbling block was an Economic Union import tariff on Russian aluminum. Enter Lord uh, Mandelson, then a lowly minister, but at the time the EU Trade Commissioner. That's not just a lowly uh, position. The deal is done, uh, costing several hundred British jobs, and the tariffs come down. See how they work at the utter corruption, folks. Utter, utter corruption. But this is their normal business practice. Mr Rothschild claimed the trip was purely recreational, no, to get whipped with a wee boy, and Associated Newspapers had to admit during litigation that they couldn't be sure that Mr Mandelson had joined Mr Derpask at dinner, or whether aluminium tariffs were discussed, and in fact the deal had been struck before Mr Mandelson and Mr Rothschild arrived in Moscow, But before Mr Justice Tuggenhart the recreation it was not. So, so far as Lord Mandelson was concerned, the benefit was the trip and the hospitality itself, so far as Mr. der Pascoe was concerned, it was a relationship with the EU Trade Commissioner, he said in his ruling. Uh, and that was Mr. Mandelson, in other words, the, the EU Trade Commissioner. The judges rejected the notion that Mr. Rothschild and Mandelson had flown out as friends, not as business associates, and said Mr. Rothschild's behaviour had in part been inappropriate. That's what they get at the top. They, they, oh dear, that's inappropriate behaviour. <laughs> You'd be slammed and hanging in chains. That conduct forcibly brought Mr. Lord Mandelson's public office and personal integrity into disrepute, the judge said. So, it goes on and on and on. But I'll put it up tonight for you to read, for those who care. But this is standard, standard. Kind of thing. It doesn't matter how many British jobs or anybody else's jobs get lost for them to make a trade deal with their buddies. It happens all the time. What do you think free trade's all about? Hmm? What do you think free trade's all about? Australia's getting white clean right now. Well, they haven't had it yet. That they're seeing the effects of it now, and uh, Britain's had it. Australia, uh, Canada's had it. The US has had it, and we're all noticing that only select people get to do free trade, and it's the big boys, of course. You can't do it as we wee character yourself. And this article here too is to do with. It ties in with uh, what was planned again a hundred odd years ago, actually more than a hundred years ago, because you see. When Marxism came up uh, and uh, readers ugly head, of course, financed again by the same bankers who always run both sides, the capitalism and communism, the dialectic process, you see. And through the battling, they end up having, uh, through governments, different kind of compromises until they've got things on the table to change society. And then they compromise more and have more arguments and compromise more, and so you end up with all the old destroyed. That's the plan, you see and they end up in charge. But, of course, nothing's changed more than really sexual morality through the sexual revolution. Remember, we're dealing here with the, the true revolutionists, not the ones who just have battles and stuff, but um, they have, they have uh, revolutions in society. These are the biggest ones to change society. Remember, too, that Marx wanted the family unit destroyed. So did uh, Freud. Freud, that was one of his biggest things, wanted the family destroyed. He said it was a problem of all ills for everyone. And um, it's been rampant ever since. They tried to destroy the family in the in the Roaring Twenties. Uh, they brought out cocaine at the time. Uh, they made booze sexy to have because it was all booze cans were illegal. But that's what attracted the youngsters and lots of jazz. Uh, they'd already done it in Germany and elsewhere, of course, and it worked pretty well. And um, but the fallout was terrible because and the miniskirt too, of course. But the fallout was terrible because they didn't have the pill. You see, so lots of unwanted pregnancies. Um, orphanages were becoming swollen with children that they that, that didn't want, and um, uh, so they went back to the drawing board and brought the whole thing back again in the 60s with the pill this time, and of course with abortions, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. More facilities. Now, of course, it's gone on to the next step, and the next step. And for those who've seen and or read *Brave New World*, uh, you've got to see it. Remember, it was 1933 that Aldous Huxley. Uh, wrote the book, or at least published the book, and uh, there's two movies out there. One's a bit, a bit older, and it's actually the better of the two, I think, uh, which shows you the whole agenda, which is even getting mentioned about now, with eventually you'll, have, you'll be born outside in, a, in an artificial womb. They'll literally create new types of humans, different categories for different kinds of labor. And here's an article here about how laws don't matter when the state promotes the agenda, you see. And the state does promote it. It says, how does the state get away with grooming 13-year-old girls for illegal underage sex? And I mentioned this article last week to do uh, with uh, uh, 13-year-olds getting um, this implant in their arm. that gives them a month's protection, maybe three months' protection. I don't know what this particular one. But uh, the parents have, uh, don't have to be told, you see. So it says, as the age of uh, sexual consent is 16, what are state employees doing fitting contraceptive implants in 13-year-old girls? Aren't they colluding in a criminal act? Uh, These sinister devices are a clear admission by the government. It actually expects these children to have unlawful sexual intercourse and wants to make it easy for them. How strange, given that the one uh, crime we all disapprove of utterly and completely is paedophilia. Even convicted gangsters, rapists, burglars, and muggers look down on the paedophiles in their midst. They have another word for them, as they cannot spell or pronounce their fashion- official term. It says those who engage in paedophilia are often accused of grooming, preparing their victims for violation and abuse. And that's what they do. They'll pick their target, and they'll groom them at a very early age. And that uh, so the whole technique to it... I actually had a, a book out, I believe. I mentioned it a, a few years ago on the air. Where, to, how to, how to basically seduce and, and groom your victim. So she, yet here we have a policy that directly condones and encourages the sexualization of children and is at the very least comparable to the grooming we are all shocked by. What child equipped with this rather than revolting chemical lump or dose would not grasp that she was expected by the authorities to act accordingly? I would be very interested to know exactly what the victims of this scheme are told and how they're chosen. The thing is done by doctors and nurses, supposedly symbols of rectitude and mercy. It often takes place in schools where our children are meant to be safe from molesters. It is protected by law. It is paid for by your taxes and mine, extracted under the threat of prison. Perhaps most sinister of all, it's like all child molesting, our little secret The girls' parents are not even asked their permission beforehand for their daughters to be corrupted by our sick state, nor are they told afterwards this is both totalitarian and evil. The judges are always ready to confirm that this is no longer a Christian country in anything but name, and did so again on Friday, though I do wonder where they think our law and and their powers come from. But it's much worse than that. We're turning into a sort of Babylon, only with drizzle and sleet. Every, almost every sexual practice and habit, with the ex- exception of faithful marriages, now encouraged by the state. And of course, that's what you'll see in the BBC too. It's just a, a zoo now, what they're showing. All kinds of stuff. Uh, but anyway, I'll get into more of this when we come back from this break. Hi folks, I'm back. We're cutting through the matrix, talking about how the state gives you your morals and the new morals, etc. And remember what they said too a long time ago. Uh, Huxley and I said it too. Wells said it. Uh, all that the left-wing Fabian socialists said it too. And then what left-wing doesn't mean working man, by the way. It means multimillionaires at the top. And of course they want the planned society, but they all said the same thing, uh, that, that they would uh, completely alter that, that, and get rid of eventually the idea of marriage and so on, and even de- destroy uh, natural relations between men and women ultimately as well. And this is only part of it too. So it says here that it's much, it's much worse than that. We're turning into sort of Babylon only with drizzle and sleet. It says almost every sexual practice and habit, with a single exception of faithful marriage, is now encouraged by the state. They had a series out in Britain, too, uh, I, I heard, I never seen it, I never watched TV, and, um, it was to do with, um, it was a homosexual, I don't know if it was a comedy or what, but anyway, they're, they're really pushing that, too. And one of one the series they had a, a guy having sex, supposedly, with another 15-year-old boy. And this is, this is all from the top. This is encouraged from the top down, you see, to give new society. It says, first the state poisons young minds with so-called sex education, which is now unleashed in primary schools. Then when the poor things act on what they've been told, doctors push chemical anti-baby capsules under their skin. I believe this sort of thing is known as harm reduction. It all depends what you mean by harm. Having privatized the telephones, electricity, and railways, we have nationalized paedophilia. And it says, so so, so there you go, that's really what they're doing It's always the same agenda It's always the same agenda And it's, it's a very, very old agenda And it's working awfully well And what you've got now too Is a whole outbreak of these things happening in schools Elementary school teacher, 39 Jailed for 40 years for her affair with boy of 14 There's lots of these ones now With the, the, the women having sex with young boys and it says, um, Shannon Alicia Schmeider was 38 when she was arrested for having an affair with a boy of 14. She's been sentenced to 40 years, and uh, an elementary school teacher's been jailed 40 years for having sex with a 14-year-old student. Shannon Alicia Schmeider was told she will have to serve 20 years, by far the toughest sentence ever handed by U.S. court, to an educator accused of underage sex. Legal experts said the jail term was at the same time for manslaughter and other serious crimes. The 39-year-old knew the boy since he was born and was at one stage like a mother figure to him. That's how they groom them. Males will do the same thing, often in the same family or a relative or even a neighbor, and they'll groom them for years. His mother said she was a close family friend, got in the same church together, etc. Children were friends, families were friends. We did everything together. It's impossible to describe how we felt to find this was going on. That's standard. They get right into the family and they go everywhere together whether well, it's male or female. The victim's parents noticed a change in the relationship between the then 13-year-old son and Schmeider, saying she was acting more like a friend than a parental figure. And then, of course, they looked into the boy's Facebook, believe it or not, and then they realized something was wrong. Now, there's a lot of this coming out in the news today because I think they're going to change the laws and allow it. That's why I think a lot of these articles are coming out now. And there's a whole bunch of ones in the States I haven't mentioned tonight. And um, the fact that the article was almost were promoting it. And judges in the States are saying, well, there's no real victim here, and letting them go, or, or giving them suspended sentence or probation, something like that. And it's all women that are doing this. So th- I think they may going to change the laws, and that's the reason these articles are actually coming out uh, now. Because uh, we're so screwed up as a society, and they totally want to destroy all that was, to bring in all that wasn't, that will be. <laughs> and that's how they do it, you see. Um, there's also this article here, and it's called Anger at Pools School Suicide Lessons for Children. See, you've got to understand, too, uh, I mentioned articles, we tie them all together. You you must be able to get above all them all and look down and start tying things together. We're a global society. We have the same foundations pushing the same uh, social agendas across the planet, All, all kinds of social agendas, but all the same ones, everywhere. And, uh, as Holland, for instance, now is they've got their suicide vans coming around, and it's really um, death uh, vans because if your GP won't kill you and thinks you've got some maybe a few years to even live yet, the state's deciding through ethical uh, panels, which is basically eugenics panels, and they'll they'll weigh up your value to society or the cost to the system to keep going. And then they'll just decide to kill you. And, and so if the GP won't do it, they send the van round and bump, that's it, gone, you're gone. And that's to be copied across the world. This is, an, and I've always said that you cannot put this kind of serious problem into the hands of the state. The state has been after this power for an awful long time. Anyway, here's the state again at the school in England. An outraged mum has vowed to take her daughter out of the lessons in suicide at Poole High School. Jen and Garnett says teaching teens about such sensitive issues is inappropriate, is inappropriate, and that daughter Jasmine Bird, 15, came home distressed when she found out uh, their next religious studies topic. The 30-year-old mum of two fears grew when her when other parents said the youngsters were shown different ways to commit suicide. The school's deputy head, Fan Hefeld, however, said the topics formed part of the Year 11 syllabus and was approached with sensitivity. Well, that's alright then eh? and any student concerned by the issue would be excused from completing the lesson that always started with the you know, excuse from then we get mandatory Ms. Garnett a care assistant from Dane Court Road called the lessons horrifying and said I know of four people that have committed suicide it's so widespread the statistics are shocking and a large amount of children kill themselves as well every two minutes someone takes their own life so it's a good third of those pupils will probably have been affected by it as well back with more on this topic after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network, because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks, I'm back, cutting through the matrix. You have to go in again to Brave New World, because in Brave New World, part of the scenario was uh, these children in Brave New World had all been artificially uh, put, put together, basically in test tubes and born exogenesis outside the womb. Uh, and, of course, all their genes were put in for them, to make them class alpha, beta, and so on. And um, they were actually taught, brought round to the death the hospital wards to see them all dying and are, and are given balloons and ice cream and taught that death was happy and normal and stuff like that. And they should celebrate it, celebrating death, you see. This is all part of it. And and H- Huxley didn't make this stuff up. He was at world meetings long before 1933. On this very topic, this whole society we're living through now was decided all that time ago by people who are dead now but they've got people taken over of course for them and the foundations working towards this global society of hell and it says anyway any student who is concerned by the issues will receive full support from their house officer and will be excused from completing these lessons of the unit however as these elements form part of the ex- examination at the end of year 11 we have a response this should double we have a responsibility to our students to ensure the full syllabus is covered why not drop it from the syllabus why is this so important and the, the, the people saw watch part of the 15 rated film, A Short Stay in Switzerland, which follows a woman seeking to end her life at a Swiss clinic. And, uh, you understand children are very, very unsure of themselves, especially growing up in a society that seems chaotic, which is terribly chaotic now. And very few of them have p- double parents, man and woman. And if they have, they have, it's generally another you know, natural father or, or whatever. And, um, So so some of them are single-parent families. They're brought with television, uh, school, of course, and they also get all their information from the Internet. And they don't know who they are, where they're going in life, is there a life for them, because the the economy stinks, of course. It's purposely made to stink. Interesting they're bringing it all at the same time when we're in depression, Great Depression. It's going to be here forever. There's, There's no coincidence when you really, really tie it up. Remember in Holland, as I say, where they're bringing around these death vans, uh, they can, they're going for the mentally ill too, and people who, who are any any age, teenagers too, who just say, I'm, "I'm I'm depressed. I don't want to live." Lots of young children will think that at one period in their time, but you don't help them to kill themselves. They they pass over it, they get through it. So you can see where all this is supposed to go and meant to go. And on the other end of the spectrum, too, you're seeing the fallout of the degeneration of society that was hoisted on the people, foisted uh, on them since about the 1960s, actually before that, but really pushed up when the sexual revolution came. And everyone's pre-was well sick now. They don't know what normalcy is anymore. Normality is what was dictated by the state at the time. Furious mothers lash out over a sordid male strip show organized to raise money for a primary school. And it says, Shop Mothers for today slammed the primary school after to organise a sort of performance by oiled up male strippers for a fundraising event. They probably copied it from that awful movie I think they put out. I never saw that either, except all the promos that all over the place. More than 100 women watched performances by All The Way Jay and Tommy Love from the dance group Dream Men to benefit Clavering Primary School in Essex earlier this month. So there's it's no lack of women going to attend it, you understand. Two mothers said, and all the children, eh? Two mothers said they would be pulling their children out of school after expressing disgust over the vile ladies night organized to raise the funds. The 32 year old former bar manager said I couldn't believe it when they used a the meal stripper night to raise the money for a primary school. That's children 5 to 12. The parents who organized are sordid, sorted disgusting people. Well, you are right, they're, they're degenerate. We try to teach our children about healthy eating, but what about morals? I don't want my children using computer, computers funded by such, such a disgusting event. Probably the people who went to see it. The woman who organized it, her husband, at least, and it's really odd for a place like Britain, who have been henpecked forever, especially from television, every guy's an idiot in comedies. The husband stopped her from going to, to see it. He put his foot down. So good for him. And it says, in another performance all the way, G covered his body in glow in the dark paint before gyrating to the baying crowd, and apparently shoved his genitals in a woman's face. What's well, a good way to get herpes. I hope you enjoyed your night. Anyway, that's the, the degeneration of society that's pushed through television and, and through their, uh, the daily serials that they watch and everything else, and it's supposed to be the new normal, you see. And we're so we're so liberated now, and we're so mature. We can handle this stuff, can't we? Yeah, we can really handle it, can't we? Yeah, yeah. disgusting. Now I mentioned two uh, over the last few days, but the big big foundations, and one of them that was in with everybody else, of course, with Carnegie Foundation, Rockefeller Foundation, all the rest of them, was the the Hewitt Foundation. <laughs> I'll put a link up tonight to Global Development and Population Program. Their program is about depopulation, for those who don't quite get it yet. And uh, they have uh, abortion clinics all over the planet, and their function is to go into the more poor areas and get rid of unwanted children that might come up in the future uh, from the Danish schmidt Hewlett Foundation. But there, they've got such money going through them, you wouldn't believe it. It's scary how much cash... As goes through these foundations, trillions of dollars actually go through them all. And that's what really runs the world. The big foundations were to run the world, according to the Royal Institute of International Affairs, while the people below would, would believe they were given a form of democracy. We've had that for a hundred years now, these foundations. Every agenda you can imagine, social agenda, has been accomplished through the foundations. And there are armies and armies and armies of non-governmental organizations. We don't elect any of them in. They're not responsible to answering to us. Because government will not put any laws through to stop them. Because they have their own members in government. There's only one agenda. Now, here's an article from about a year or two ago. It's called The American Dream. And you've got to understand that every group of shows you listen to is managed by Somebody. It says, it wouldn't be great if a Republican presidential candidate could just, uh, buy the support of just about every major conservative talk show host in America. Now you can, you can convert that to, or invert that to, uh, to the liberals. Does not make any difference? It says, well, it may not be as far-fetched as you may think. Clear Channel owns more radio stations, 850, than anyone else in the U.S. They also own Premier Radio Networks, the company that syndicates the radio shows of Rush Limbaugh, Sean Hannity, and Glenn Beck, amongst others. Needless to say, Clear Channel basically owns conservative talk radio in the U.S. And of course, they probably even own it in in the Liberal as well. So who owns Clear Channel? Well, it turns out that Bain Capital is one of the primary owners of Clear Channel. This is, um, The company that Mitt Romney ran for so long is one of the big bosses over virtually all conservative talk radio in America. Of course, Mitt Romney is not running Bain Capital anymore. He is a retired partner, but he still has a huge financial state in Bain Capital. We're talking about millions upon millions of dollars. If you doubt it, just check out page 34 of this public financial disclosure report. The link is here, and I'll put up the night too. So if you've been wondering why so many conservative talk show hosts are being so incredibly kind to Mitt Romney, this just might be the answer. In the media world, there's a clear understanding that you simply do not bite the hand that feeds you. Some of the most prominent conserved talk radio hosts are in earning tens of millions of dollars a year. If you're making tens of millions of dollars a year, wouldn't you be very careful to avoid offending your boss? The deal in which Bean Capital became one of the owners of Clear Channel was initiated just a short time before Mitt Romney's first run for president. The following comes from Wikipedia. November 16, 2006, Clear Channel announced plans to go private, being bought out by two private equity firms called Thomas H. Lee Partners and Bain Capital Partners for $18.7 billion, which is just under a 10% premium above its closing price of $35.36 uh, a share on, on November 16th. Uh, the deal uh, varies, uh, values Clear Channel at 37.60 per share. The deal was finalized in 2008. And today, Bill Capital is still one of the primary owners of Clear Channel. One of the subsidiaries of Clear Channel is Premier Radio Networks. Premier Radio Networks distributes a host of uh, conservative talk radio shows. Everyone in the conservative world knows names such as Rush Limbaugh, Sean Hannity, Glenn Beck. Clear Channel also controls some other conservative talk radio hosts such as Michael Savage and Mark Levin that are not part of the Premier Radio family. The power that Premier Radio Networks has is absolutely staggering. The following is directly from the official Clear Channel website. It says, um, it's a subsidiary of Clear Channel Communications, syndicates 90 radio programs, and services to more than 5,000 radio affiliations and teachers, and teaches over 190 million listeners weekly, or reaches, I should say. Premier Radio is a number of uh, one radio network in the country and features the following personalities. Rush Limbaugh, Jim Rome, Casey Kasem, Ryan Seacrest, Glenn Beck, Bob Kavoyan and Tom Griswold, uh, Delilah Steve Harvey, Blair Gardner, George Norrie, John Boy and Billy, uh, Big Tigger, Dr. Dean Edel, Bob Costas, Sean Hannity and others. Premier is based in Sherman Oaks, California with 13 offices nationwide. So you think that any of those hosts is going to risk viciously attacking Mitt Romney and Bain Capital during this election season? Not likely. And it goes on with more and more and more stuff. Uh, it's quite a long article, actually. So just check out the, the following list f- uh, of the biggest donors to the Romney campaign. Goldman Sachs, uh, so the, product, the amount much they gave. Credit Suisse Group, Switzerland. Morgan Stanley, HIG Capital, Barclays Kirtland, Bank of America, Price Waterhouse Coopers. EMC Core, JP Morgan Chase, The Village uh, Vivant, Marriott International, Sullivan Cromwell, and Wells Fargo, and Blackstone Group, and City Group and on and on and on and on, and it goes along one anyway. So uh, one way or another, we're all being managed, you know. And that's why I say you can listen to everything, be careful, because you've you got, you got to find out the groups that you belong to and, and who's playing with your head, because that's where we get our ideas from. Also, these organizations, too, it says it in this article here, they're famous for, and it's come up before, for having paid, there's actually companies uh, where they get paid actors to phone in as though they're they're listeners, to give you a good boost and so on. And they say that they'll never use the same uh, actors uh, every day. They'll use maybe once every two weeks, so so people don't catch on. Everything is presentation, and most of us out there don't realize I do, of course, but that's how it's done. That's really how it's done, folks jumping from there to the, the Tides Foundation. I mentioned this before in 2010 because it ties in with what's happening in Canada today where big foundations are inter- interfering with Canada's energy uh, situation. The guys that want the, the trees to st- all the trees to stand and leave everything as it is and then get rid of the people, I'm not kidding, are stopping commerce big time. And um, it says the Tide Foundation, that says, uh, if you secretly thought that we were just all part of a big game, you might be surprised by this article. It would appear that the game is larger than most people thought. Uh, it says, um, in late October, a group of environmental and social justice activists met at a remote college or lodge in Cortez Island, 150 kilometres north of Vancouver, up the Georgia Strait. The four-day gathering was billed as a social change institute. Remember, I mentioned change the other day, social change, change experts for teachers and so on, uh, for changing society. An event that that it says it gathers seasoned and emerging leaders with thinkers and traders from the change-making world. And it's been happening for years. Lodge is called the Hollyhock Centre, a new age retreat known for its holistic healing circles. So it's not all what you think it is. It says even those shaman drum-making workshops and tantric sacred, sacred sexuality seminars on the outside, that's a bit of a cover. This is before you conjure up images of hippies dreaming up a utopian free love world. The social change institute is a magnet for professionals, professional activists, professional environmentalists. These are full time, yet they're employed by the big foundations and yet professional business people and politicians. And when one does not sign up for the SCI. One applies and is accepted or not. The 12 hectare center, which started life there in the 1980s precisely as something resembling a hippie caricature has been transformed into the virtual headquarters of a powerfully sophisticated coordinated operation or network of people who are mobilizing millions of dollars towards systemic social change focused in one region, as Hollyhock President Joel Solomon has described his mission. On his side are wealthy trust fund progenies, powerful U.S. business leaders, billion-dollar American foundations, A web of environmental groups and prominent Vancouver political players, the region under focus for systemic change is Western Canada, and the funding is frequently foreign. And Canadians may may not know it yet, but the programme is already well underway. In the promotional video praising the Institute's work, one attendee notes, I think we're starting to see ourselves as parts of a whole rather than as separate uh, pieces, he says. Uh, Pieces, not species, but pieces. And that coordination, cooperation and collective power is precisely the point of the Social Change Institute, and not just the Institute, it's the point of all the efforts of Mr. Solomon, and that this brilliantly coordinated into a breathtakingly enterprising strategy. Mr. Solomon is the Vice Chair of Tides Canada and Director, Forman, former Chairman of Tides American Board. He's a major reason Tides has been pumping money into environmental and social activist groups. They've been fighting fish farms in British Columbia, the oil sands in Alberta, logging in the boreal forests, and dozens of other anti-industrial campaigns. They want to bring us down to, not themselves, mind you, but very else down to uh, this austerity thing where you're wearing grass skirts, like I mentioned last night, and, you know, thorn shoes. It uh, says most any prominent green group you might think of has probably been on Tides' list of recipients. Tides also provides charitable assistance to the Tai. Its website shows uh, a National Democratic Party-friendly online magazine. Tides has hired government lobbyists. Uh, Former officials and affiliates of Tides, meanwhile, have influenced the highest level of Vancouver city government, including its eco-chic mayor, Gregor Robinson, who has made it his explicit goal to turn Vancouver into the greenest city in the world. Some of the biggest donors to his campaign and of his vision, Vancouver Party, are also connected to Tides. The Tides Foundation has several very strong tentacles into all sorts of businesses that all support Vision Vancouver. This vision, this part, is also part of uh, Agenda 21. Whenever you see vision there, you'll see Italian and in the United Nations. Not as a political party, but as a movement, and this is extremely troubling, says Alex Tsukamis, a former political analyst for the newspaper 24 Hours, and former director of Vancouver's Municipal Non-Partisan Association Opposition Party. He says, and Joe Solomon is the green father, if you will, behind the social engineering movement. But then if you go down further to find out more about Mr. Solomon, and um, and, it's, and and on the way, too, you'll find out all the kind of, they're like a laundering organization, like all these foundations are. Uh Sometimes $700 million are, are, you know, given away, that kind of stuff. It says they've given away money in the U.S. and Canada since 2000, uh, the year 2000, It's come from esteemed American foundations such as the Pew Charitable Trust, Rockefeller Brothers Fund, the Gordon Betty Moore Foundation and others controlling billions of dollars between them and the recipient who eventually got the cash. Uh, They're into Ducks Unlimited, to more hardcore anti-industry groups like Corporate Ethics International, an organisation that this year launched the Rethink Alberta boycott against the province's tourism industry to protect the oil sands. They don't want any of us walking anywhere either, in forests, etc., But which you hear the history of Mr. Solomon and who he married. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. We're cutting through the Matrix, just finishing off with Solomon before we go to a caller. But he just sort of wandered up the West Coast, just knowing where he came from, of course. He's been well-trained, groomed, and all the rest of it, obviously. But then he, he just fell in love with uh, in coastal BC, where in 1993 he connected with Carol Newell, heiress to the US Rubbermaid fortune, now living in British Columbia, with her own tens of millions of dollars and West Coast way of thinking. Then they go into all the different things that they fund, too, including... Uh, re- reusable menstrual pads for I guess it's for the austerity period we're going through, you know, share them around. No kidding, this is all in this article uh, from News Talk Canada. So anyway, I'll put that up tonight. And there's Steve the, on the line of Steve there. Alan, this is Steve. Oh, go ahead. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and some uh, people, we've been trying to figure out. <clears throat> okay, the fact is that the system doesn't want us to have children. Uh, absolutely. Right. Okay. Now- Ma- Margaret Sanger said that children are weeds. <sighs> Oh yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, but but what, what, what me and some people were trying to figure out mm, is if is this a form of welfare? What's going on? Because what people do is they'll have say a minimum wage job all year long, and then just because they have kids, they get thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars just thrown at them when, when they file. And, and we're like, mm-hmm. what, what, what's what's the point behind that? The point you know is the point was always to create a massive welfare state. You need to bring in a welfare state when you were separating the men from the women so the women could have children on their own. That was the first stage of it. And so they didn't need men anymore. Was, oh yeah, okay, we can have as many children as we well. want. And now they're taking that away from them now. You understand? So that was the first part to get women saying, okay, I can leave and have children and go out with, and have as many fathers as I want. Lots of them did that for a long time. Uh, but to say, so that effectively for over a generation destroyed marriage. To be honest with you, that was one of the big things behind it. And they also, it paid for their babysitting. They would, they would pay for a lot of them to go to college and things like that. But they're taking that away from them now. And then they say, "Oh, look at the mess we've got!" You say, "Oh, look at the mess! It's costing us a fortune and yada yada, yada. But now the state moves in and takes care of the situation through all the social work departments. Remember what Lenin said? He says, uh, "All these, ag- these, these uh, voluntary agencies and services," he called them, "will be sprung up. Will spring up in the West." that's your healthcare system, that's, that's your children's aid. They start off as services. It says they eventually will become authorities over the children because the idea is that the state was to give the children all of their new moralities, not parents anymore. So this worked in three stages, and it's been very successful, so they don't have to keep the massive welfare state up anymore. They'll just point to it and say, oh, my goodness, look at the mess of humanity. We need more government agencies to, to take care of the fallout. And, and children can't be left with, with a parent anymore um, with, with, their, with their sicknesses All these sicknesses have gotten now. They're dysfunctional They're all on pills from the doctor or, or from the street one or two So we'll have to take care of it all That's the agenda And it was written about over 100 years ago Step by step how to do it yeah. That's why it's been done Very effectively too okay. uh, I'll talk, talk to you soon, Alan I hear the music coming in Yeah, thanks for calling a very effective war, uh, very, very effective, and it's still going on, though, with more stages to go, into transhumanism and all kinds of things. From Hamish myself, from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me, your God, or your God's goal with you.